I want to start. I mean, we've been trying to start for the last literal four hours. Yeah, but now we're actually starting. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, welcome to the second episode of the Athlete Special Podcast. Uh, my name is Ray Rivera. I'm Spencer Brown. And we are actually in the same room uh, for this one. And I feel like already the chemistry is there. This is so much better. How, how much better is this? It, yeah, I think that uh, the problem with talking to Ray um, over... Is that I suck? <laughs> no, it, it's like Ray's <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> no, not the... Yeah, okay, I should preface that better. Um, trying to talk to someone when you're like looking at a MacBook for like 45 minutes to an hour is tough. So it's easier to talk face-to-face. So this is going to be a lot more smooth, I think. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was too bad because we kind of have we have synergy even when I can't see you, which is yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. But It's like a phone call, but just working that whole app, uh, we're still new to this, you know? Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to figure it out. But we're excited for this episode. Um, we have just, you know... A lot of things that we could talk about today. Um, we honestly, we don't even make a script for this. We literally just kind of... Kind of just roll, yeah. Roll off of uh, each other, which I think worked. Um, it worked last week very well. Um, I'm not sure if anybody has any opinions, um, but if you do, please make sure to get them over to us on Instagram or anything, any social media. You can even comment on the Athlete Special YouTube or my YouTube <laughs> but um but yeah i think um i love the direction we're going in i think i think uh, a lot of people do too so let's just keep it going and keep rolling um what are we going to talk about today um okay so what i want to talk about a little bit is just start off just keep going deep people who are watching this know that the other day i posted a video uh called the real truth about running um, isn't it realities i something, something like, like something that. like that yeah. you, you know what we're talking about um but um that video got a ridiculous amount of support from uh everyone who is a subscriber or whoever follows uh the athlete special and um i just want to continue that conversation uh with ray um right now just about college in general uh, as a student athlete and um, I think just the struggles of you know what can make you go down a dark hole and kind of bring you to that place of I hate to use the word depression but that's somewhat you know yeah. what it is right I'm using the adjective form I guess then but I think a good starting point is kind of define why running in particular is so hard on any level just like even besides college, like running is one of these sports. I'm I didn't once. I'm sorry. I didn't watch your video. I didn't watch. I didn't watch Spencer's video yet. But running is one of those sports um, where you are constantly battling yourself, and especially at the collegiate level, you're bringing together a lot of people who have seen a a good amount of success, a decent amount of success in the sport, um, which I think ends up hurting them in general i might have to go back i'm not sure if that made sense no no i think that that's a good point to that i can kind of work off of um i talked a lot about in my video how running is really difficult because you base your self-worth off of the time that you run yeah 100%. Um, and i think that's why the depression rates 
uh, in for collegiate runners is higher than any other sport. That and the fact that you can get injured so quick in running, um, and injuries can take you out for such a long time. That I didn't really talk about that in my video, but I know a lot of people suffer um, from from depression or are just in a really dark place when they are injured. And yeah, well, there's NCA. Where did you get your stats from the NCA? I got it from a small study done on like northeast yeah. schools in the NCAA, I know. Yeah, on the in the NCAA. Though, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, there is an NCAA stat. It might be from the same study, but what yeah. they were saying, especially when people are injured. That's when they can actually spiral really hard. Is that what you were? I think so. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um. So, that was a you know a point I didn't really think about too much. I I honestly don't get injured that often. Um, gonna knock on wood, literally for the video or whatever the podcast. Um, but, um, so many people do get injured, and it's basically like all of your hard work. Oh, just crumbles. Yeah. So fast. Yeah. And, and like, the worst part about being injured is that you can't do anything about it. And, obviously, the only thing that's going to make it better is time. And during that time, you want to come back. You want to train. But you can't. And it's got to just be, like, agony, you know? Yeah, so definitely. if you're injured, just stick it out, whoever you are watching or, okay, whoever you are listening you gotta adjust it's gonna take a little bit of time but. yeah um but i want to i want to go back to the point that you were that you were mentioning about just uh self-worth and comparing yourself i guess to others at the collegiate level it's so 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 competitive and you kind of go from this high school world at least on the level i was and the level that ray was in high school i think that we were both you're just crushing it you're just we're crushing it consistently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ray was a national champion in high school. I competed at the Brooks PR Invitational. Did you compete at that meet, by the way? If anyone from Brooks is listening, I'm still salty. I never got a Brooks PR invite. Wow. I had to, I actually, one year, I be, I didn't beg, but I emailed saying, hey, I saw one of your, your big names is out in the 800. Can I come? And I was like, I, because my mom's a flight attendant, so essentially I have free flights. I have free flights anywhere in the country. So I said, listen, I don't even need a flight. I can fly myself out there. And they're like, ah, it's too late. Can't do it. Um, and, you know. that's the, I think that's ridiculous because you were a 148 guy in high school. Even senior year, I didn't get invited. That's it was really weird. That's really, I don't that's that could be a whole other topic. For I, yeah, day. we won't talk about that. Um, but um, what were you talking about originally? Um, I was just saying that we were both very good yeah. high school runners. Top of our, you know, best kid in our school, best kid in our county, one of the best in the state for both of us. Yeah. I think we both have state championships. Ray was a national champion. We were we were good, but we were big fish in a small pond. And you go to the NCAA, especially at a competitive school such as Georgetown, which is one of the top D1 schools in the country, you, from day one, you compete against the best kids in the country and the best kids in the world, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's, the world championships is on right now, and a lot of the people who, Clayton Murphy, I used to compete against him when I was a freshman in college. So many people that, you know, you see on, not a daily basis, but you see them at meets, you see their faces all the time, and 
you know, the, I think what we're trying to say is that the quality of the NCAA is very high and the adjustment from going from high school where you're facing kids who just, you know, aren't as talented as you or maybe aren't doing the proper workouts to going to a place where everyone's elite, everyone is doing somewhat of the right thing. You know, there's different schools of thought on training, but everyone's doing roughly the, the right thing. And that adjustment is crazy. And the biggest adjustment even for me at first was because I spent my whole senior year of high school like training just by myself. I'm not sure about you. Were you training by yourself? Mostly, yeah. yeah. Mostly. So training by yourself and being that guy who, you know, has a lot of like the coach's attention, who's, you know, the focal point of a team to being maybe a freshman guy who's like not terrible, but relative to the team isn't at the top. And, you know... That alone, I've seen that crumble a bunch of runners, like just not being number one, which might be like an ego thing, but like it has to be mentioned when you're talking anything about, you know, mental health or any aspect. Because when people lose, um, what is it, that first spot or just, just the attention? It's, it, exactly. It's, it's so much of it. And that's such a good point with you go from just being a star to just one of the guys on the team. And we're not saying that it's, like, bad to go. We're just saying that the difference is just so big that it, it shell-shocks a lot of people. Exactly. And, and just after, especially reading the comments on my last video, it seems like it's such a culture shock, um, especially that freshman year for so many people who just, you know, hop into uh, Division One or Division Two or Division Three programs. And you just have to learn how to adjust to just a new life in general. Um, and yeah, if you're at a really good school, it's, it's being around amazing other athletes and it's, it's really, it's just very different. And some people react great to it. Some people don't react great yeah. to it. And that's just another aspect. aspect yeah. yeah. Another aspect of, um, where mental health can kind of be observed and, um, you know, like can, can have a huge effect on, and then, I mean, while all of that's happening too, like you're you're fitting into a new, and this is freshman year particularly, you're fitting into a new team, but you're also dealing with like all the college stuff, which is great. When you stack all this stuff, it is a lot. And you, I mean, that's why you see so many people transferring out freshman year or doing, you know, whatever freshman year, because it's just a lot to take in. It's a lot, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure every single person listening uh, who at one point was a freshman in college and was on a track and field team, they know exactly what we're referring to in that it is just so overwhelming when you first get to school with having to adjust to not only the entire team thing with running, but the, the school part as well. It's like you have a full-time job as an athlete that you need to adjust to and at the same time, you are trying to literally get through college and make your friends who aren't on the team and do things that aren't involved with people on the team. And it's just so, so much. And we have so much sympathy for other runners out there and other division, not even division one. We have so much respect for athletes who also, um, or students who are also athletes or who do a lot of extracurricular activities because it's just it's a lot you know um so yeah yeah i mean you make a great point there um and 
like I think too to think a lot of people just don't know like how to cope with any of that stuff or even how to adjust because there's no like rule book there's no manual there's like very shitty uh like crash courses that they give at like you know freshman orientation and this and that where they say like here are all your options they're available but it's hard to go utilize those things in like a new environment where you're just getting used to all, all the new stuff anyways yeah and i think that like the i really i think that it's really important that you as an individual whoever is listening and whoever feels super overwhelmed and feels almost as if like it wasn't what they expected. You're totally, totally not alone. And you're completely justified in feeling like that. Exactly. And, and yeah, you don't, it's all of the things that they tell you it's going to be like, it's almost never what you think. Oh yeah. And, and that it sucks. But if you, I guess a lot of other people feel what you're feeling as well. And that should kind of make you feel a little bit more comfortable or, Maybe just a little bit better, and it doesn't. It doesn't make it go away, but just know you're not alone. Um, and you know, a lot of people, like the crazy thing is, that a lot of people are going through the same thing that you are within the NCAA, but like no one talks about it. Um, and like that's what I found out from like freshman year, um, going to different meets and interacting with like people like who are freshmen. I guess the only meet where I wasn't with people from Georgetown was like USA Juniors when we went to Finland. And talking to a lot of people on that team, like you find out that like so many people are unhappy in their situations. And if I could like give you a guesstimate of that within the NCA, it's probably like 65% or higher, you know, that first year. Like people are just not happy because it's just such a jump, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of, uh, People just kind of want to throw in the towel and want to give it up right away. And per, from my perspective, I really, I remember spring semester, my freshman year, I would call my mom and I was like, hey, I think I want to just call it. I, I don't want to do this anymore. And she just said, you know what, just give it some more time and maybe you'll be okay. And, you know, it, it, it all comes down to time and really just, getting through that first year freshman Dude, year of if you college can get is to tough. the first year you're golden yeah if you can get to the first first <laughs> year and sophomore and beginning of sophomore year then you're golden and i mean ray and i are laughing just because ray ironically did end up for now taking a Take a leave. Ray took a leave of absence that is still ongoing. Uh, I do not know if you're going to go back to school or not, but dude, it's uh, it's definitely it's interesting. I mean, it's like half and half. You know, sometimes I really want to go back, and then sometimes I think about like random things, like how like I've shown to myself that I can be very successful at like outside. Yeah, and I think that Ray and I have always gotten along because we both have this other perspective of just what we think uh, of society. And we both feel as if education is very important, but it's not for everyone. And you can be very successful outside of school. And I know there are people listening right now who 
maybe haven't been to college or went to college and dropped out. Or in college and thinking that this just isn't right for them. There's so many people who probably think that. And, and we're not here to say, guys, you know what? Yeah. Fuck school, <laughs> drop out, go for it. I'm not advocating for that at all. Ray's not advocating for that at all. But we're just here to say that it's not everything. And you can be okay doing other paths. You know, mm. Ray dropped out of school and he found a lot of success immediately. I feel you're genuinely in a happier place. Definitely in a happier place, but still trying to figure things out. Because, you know, things don't very... It's hard to figure out life this early. Like, I don't, th- I don't expect anybody to figure out their lives until they're, like, probably, like, 40 or 50. Genuinely. Like, I think everyone's going to be pretty lost until they're, like, 40 or 50. And I, even if you are that old, like, I know there's going to be at least one 40 or 50-year-old listening to this. Like, truly, this is to you, 40 or 50-year-old man. Like, if you are in a place that you are not satisfied with, like, you're barely halfway done with your life. Like, life expectancy is, like, probably getting close to 100 now. Like, you're fine, dude. Yeah, and, and I actually, I I don't necessarily have an opinion on when I think people have got their life figured out. I think that's kind of a funny thought yeah. that you have. It, it could be true. Um, but I think that there's truth in that it's you don't have to figure everything out right away. Um, I think that so much of why people uh, feel this weight on their shoulders their whole lives is because you're thrown into school and you're expected to go to college and you're expected to get this job out of college. And it's it's very, very stressful and it seems like it's all coming at you at once. And sometimes you just need to take a break, take a deep breath and take a step back. Yeah, take a step back and just analyze the situation. And, and just know you're, you're gonna be okay. And, and life is a lot, can be a lot more simple as long as you simplify it. And the only thing that really, really matters in life is yourself. And that's, that that sounds controversial to say, but if you... Well, not in like an egotistical way or anything like that. Like you have to prioritize, and this is like over anybody, you have to prioritize your happiness over others. I totally agree. And, And there's obviously instances where that can like flip. But where you orient yourself, like if you're going to be happier in one situation, you obviously need to go towards that, you know? Yeah, and, and you, there shouldn't be anyone that you love more than yourself other than your kid if you have a kid. Or your dog. Yeah, or your dog. <laughs> Hashtag scout all about on Instagram. Follow my dog. Isn't Instagram? She. Oh, sorry for gendering your dog. Oh, okay, I'll still. Going off of, you know, prioritizing yourself over others i think you also have to kind of prioritize um your health and just like how you move in general like when you get to college does that does that make sense to you can i have to elaborate i guess yeah um i I kind of i understand what you're saying it's it's i mean on a very surface level a lot of times when you get to school freshman year um on a sports team you find yourself getting really sick a lot and a lot of that's because you're in a new environment and um, that can lead you down a dark hole. I mean, me personally, I think I got sick like five times in the first three months at school. And what were you doing? Just like, just existing and you were just getting sick? Or? I mean, I don't think that- you, you just had a weaker immune system, I guess? You don't have to elaborate on that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I think it's just being, 
such a such a different environment can be just harder for some people. Yeah, I mean, I guess I got sick of lunch too. Actually. Yeah, um, and a lot of that has to do with going out late with your friends on the weekends. Um, you know, freshman year you're trying to socialize, so you're hanging out with people, um, and it's so hard to socialize with. Um, it's so hard to socialize with like everyone. Like, does that make sense? Like a lot of people freshman year make a ton of friends and I'm not sure about you. Did you do that? Yeah. Well, I kind of see where you're going with that. Freshman year, first semester is like dating. You, you do friend dates. Yeah. (laughs) And, and you basically have to be super nice to everyone. And you, you say like the same 15 sentence or 15 words. You you have your your pickup lines. Oh yeah, you have hundred percent have your pickup lines. It, you establish because, like, especially at Georgetown, my whole my thing was just literally talking about freaking Central Jersey existing. Yeah, like yeah. that is a whole topic point within itself that can get you so far. And if I had to guess how many times I had that conversation, it was at least thirty, like the first day. So I've got a question for you, Red. Um, at your time at Georgetown. Did you feel as if when you were on the track team here, that was your reason for being at Georgetown? Or did you feel like you were a student as well? Dude, I 110% felt like I was there as like an athlete. Like, and I think the crazy thing about that is that like at a school like Georgetown, maybe you feel less like this. And this is also very like personal to me, but that was almost like an insecurity too. Because when you're around all these really smart kids who are, you know, one, two, three in their class at some bougie prep school in, like, Idaho, you, you start to compare yourself to others. Um, I remember, like, expanding my vocabulary, like, the first two months. Did you do that at all? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, it's, it's, it was very overwhelming for me. Oh um, you know, obviously going to college in the first place, but going to a school... Um, with so much prowess. Yeah, I mean Georgetown. We don't want to, you know, toot, toot our own horns yeah. here, but Georgetown is—it's a very, very good academic school. And Ray and I were both, you know, pretty smart kids in high school. We both had very good GPAs. We both had pretty good SAT scores. We—I mean, we—we I, we were—we were pretty good students. Yeah, I was. Yeah, and and, but, being an athlete. Um, that definitely helped us both get into Georgetown. Um, you all know this. You all understand how um, track and field scholarships and that type of thing works and the recruiting process. It's a sliding scale. If you run faster, your grades can be a little bit lower. Um, it, it varies per person, but there are specific standards that you need to be qualified to uh, get an at, admission spot at Georgetown and Ray and I both qualified for that because we had uh, high enough scores on our SATs and and GPA and our and our uh, times were fast enough but still we were definitely a little bit uh, lower on our SATs and GPAs than the average Average Georgetown student yes the average Georgetown student and you definitely feel I, for me, I felt a little bit excluded when I was a freshman from a lot of things. I, I felt inferior. I just felt inferior. Like, I didn't talk. I mean, I didn't, I didn't talk to the day I got kicked. Like, I didn't get kicked out. But the day I got suspended, like, I barely 
participated in classes just out of the fear of sounding stupid. Like the and the, and it sounds so stupid. Like it sounds really dumb saying it. Like articulating it for someone that like can't really experience it. But I just was so afraid of saying something stupid. One of my professors, his name was um, Michael Eric Dyson. He is a prolific um, figure in the African American community. And the first day he came in, you know, I'm not even going to try to say it. I'm going to put a clip. There's going to be a clip of him talking right here. And excretes the feces of his moral depravity oh. into a nation he has turned into a psychic commode. He, as you can tell from that clip, he is so articulate. He speaks, in, it almost feels like a different language. And that was like my first Georgetown class. And that was the first time when I got here that I was just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm in over my head. Like this is different. You know, and when also other students bring that same energy, it just culminates into this thing where it's like, dang, like I gotta, I gotta raise the level, which is once again, causes so much stress causes for me, insecurity is not sure about you, but it, it, it can fuck you. It can literally fuck you up. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked, you know, at the beginning of this podcast about how you go from being a big fish in a little pond, um, for your athletic abilities um, to being a small fish in a big pond, and that's on the athletic side, but it's the exact you're not even same like a small, thing. Like you're like Nemo missing half a fin. <laughs> like, on the <laughs> academic side of things, yeah. on the academic side of things, it is it is very daunting and very stressful and very. In, I guess yeah, you do feel very inferior and and intimidating, and I can relate to that so 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 much, and I feel as if so many other athletes out there in any sport. Or even students in general, when they go to college, there's a lot of smart kids out there and they just talk in this way that is so articulate and so overwhelming that it really, really, really stresses you out. And, yeah. and it's just like you, you start to get in your own head. You start to think like, am I not smart enough to be here? You know, so just slap all of those insecurities and uh, mental stressors in one big sandwich and it, it that's how the tipping point happens and that's how and that's how uh, you can really find yourself in a dark place but I think that if I had to go back and be a freshman first semester one of the things I would do differently is just kind of hold myself to a higher standard and and be be like you know what I'm here too for a reason and I deserve to be here yeah. And even though maybe what I say isn't as smart as other students, no one's really thinking about what you say. Everyone's yeah. thinking about themselves. Yeah. We're all in our own heads. And, and you, the reason that you find yourself in these mental holes is because of your own head. And you just have to find a way to realize, you know what, I can just say this and no one's going to care. No one's going to judge me. And truly, no one is. We're mature. We're all adults in college. We're not here to judge people based off of what they say or, oh, wow, that sounded stupid. I, you know, <laughs> to give you an opposing viewpoint on that, um, me and Spencer are in, are in different schools. Um, well, well, I was in different schools. I'm in the business school. Spencer's in the College of Arts and Sciences. Is that the like, official name, I guess? Liberal Arts. Yeah, Liberal Arts. Um, but in the business school, I encountered a lot of people who were, you know, I, I didn't experience like any like xenophobia or like racism, 
but a fuck ton of sexists. People in the MSB, like, I heard, like, gr- like a girl go speak and say something, and I've heard people say, like, like, girls can't fucking do business. Like, someone needs to tell her to shut the fuck up. And I, I was okay with talking. Like, as soon as I got, I remember as soon as I got into a flow with talking, and then I heard that, I was just like, ah, oh, damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing is, you can't give a fuck. Like, you really can't give a fuck about what anybody thinks of you, but easier said than done. Yeah, and where I can't really relate on that because I wasn't in the business school, I do know that people in the business school generally are just... More cutthroat. They're so on all the time yeah. that you never have time to breathe and take a break. So it's that's definitely probably the most overwhelming school uh, at Georgetown, besides maybe the medical school but yeah nursing is annoying yeah yeah i mean if i could go back i think the thing that i would change from freshman year is that i would just like talk more because like i never really articulated any of these things till very much like after the fact and i think i already had some like deep root maybe not deep rooted but like hard set um ways of thinking in college like as soon as i got there and i think if i would have like just talk to someone or, you know, interacted with someone and mentioned these things, like, that probably would have helped. Yeah, I, I think that for both of us, we, we both can equally agree that the best thing you can do is just talk to others and not bottle up your emotions from the get-go. Yeah. Um, it's so much easier to say this now after, you know, you've experienced a lot. Yeah, because, I mean, when you first get here, it's, like, it's very weird. Like, when you first get on the team. But it's so weird when you first get on the team because, yeah, like, a lot of people are going to hit you up to, like, hang out. But at first, it is, like, very superficial. Like, like you may have invited me, like, to a Henley to watch, like, football or something. Yeah. But that's just because, you know, like, I'm a freshman on the team. You don't really know me. You don't know if you even, like, like me or anything. Yeah. Um. So, at first, like, it's really hard to find those people you can trust. And honestly, too, like, you'll find a lot of people who you you will try to talk to about these things, and they'll just be, like, very dismissive, or they're just not on the same wavelength. Yeah. I found so many people like that who just don't think in the same way as me, yeah. and when someone's like that, I just have to, like, try my best to, like, disconnect from them. Yeah, and it's totally okay if you have, you know, a different perspective, and you don't understand um, the way that others think, um, or the way that, you know, a different individual thinks. You just have to kind of get over that in school. And we both certainly have definitely individuals that we can think of uh, that probably don't have that same wavelength that we have. Um, But, yeah, no, I, I think that to touch upon the team a little bit more, um, where first joining where first being on the team can be a little overwhelming. It's definitely a very safe place. I feel like within like six weeks to two months into school where like, Oh yeah. hundred percent. You become so close with kids on the team so fast because at Georgetown, your roommate freshman year is another um, person on the track team and just living with someone uh, on the track team and being around them so much uh, kind of makes you eat, breathe, and sleep track. And 
you know, we do workouts together as a team. Obviously, we all go to the cafeteria after and eat our breakfast together. That's one of the highlights of college, in my personal opinion. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, Ca- calf banter is, like, the best banter. It's the best talking points of my day, usually, when I'm in the calf and just, like, you know, shooting the shit with everyone. Freshman year, sophomore year, the best times of college for me, 100%, was going to the cafeteria and eating dinner with the boys and everyone on the team and just banter, banter, banter. Just say anything you want to say with each other. So, so, so much fun. And, uh, you know, you don't really miss it until it's not there anymore. And I'm a fifth year. Ray's not even at school anymore with me. So it's, it's a little different. Um, we get our banter in like two hour random FaceTime calls every like bi-weekly <laughs> yeah exactly or podcast, or podcast. <laughs> yeah the athlete special podcast which <laughs> if you have not subscribed already you should definitely make sure to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoy any of this content yeah and if you relate to anything seriously um you know talk about it in a review we love to hear feedback yeah um and if you have any suggestions on what you want us to talk about then Never shy away from it. Yeah. Ray and I can take criticism, so oh, yeah. say what you need to say as well. We're well, not trying to well, offend anyone. Yeah, exactly. But not too bad. But no, where, where I was going with the the whole team thing is that just being on a team is such a such an amazing thing. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's an experience that I think that we are so lucky as college students to have. Yeah. Ray and I, honestly, we've been complaining about college this whole podcast. We're making you probably all scared and horrified to even go. It's it can be it can be tough. It can really be tough, and you know being on a team is super overwhelming and school is super overwhelming. But we do love the aspect of being on a team. Okay. I at least do. I mean, you, and I think you, you do know well. it's something that is very important to like people in general because people actively chase that team experience. Um, you know, through clubs, through. Uh, intramural clubs like anything like people are actively going after that team experience and it's so nice when you kind of are just already on something exactly you don't have to go out of your way to like pick up quidditch or something yeah and and you know one of the pros of being on a team right when you get into school is that you have this immediate friend group oh yeah and it it where you're literally thrown together with the rest of your class and the rest of the team and that may not seem like it's going to work out. It's so natural how quick everyone, you know, becomes really good friends. And a lot of that is just because all of us runners have the same, you know, general mindset about... And if you, yeah, you, you just, know, the way you view, like, life almost. Yeah, I, anyone, who's watched, anyone who's listening to this podcast is probably a runner or another athlete of some sorts. We're all crazy. We all have that same loopy thought. We're all seeking pain and whatever um and it's hard to think of a different group of people that i'd rather bond over that thought process with and and that whole experience and process definitely um and yeah and going off of you know your teammates um being like supportive in there i think like good team culture and like a good like team foundation wise is just like key to success um and if you're listening to this like prior to choosing colleges or taking visits make sure you ask questions about the team culture 
Um, cause they're so important to like how you're going to function on a team. Like, I think I neglected a lot of team culture aspects on like, I only took two visits. I visited Penn state and I visited here, but like, it's something I didn't really ask about. Like, I remember really enjoying the people who I was with, like Wareham was one of my, no, excuse Joe was my host. Joe White was my host, but Wareham was his roommate. And like me and Wareham talked for like three hours before I left. And I really enjoyed people on the team, but didn't really further expand that into, you know, culture and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I mean, great, great point talking about the, you know, just how team culture is pretty much everything on a sports team. And it sounds so cliche, and a lot of people don't even know what... Like what that means. Yeah. Because it's, it's a weird, it's like a weird phrase almost. Yeah, I think I think maybe one of the best ways to put team culture... A good team culture is just a place where you feel like you can be yourself and you can be the you can best. Excel. You can yeah. excel, be the best version of yourself, and um, you can talk to your teammates about literally anything without feeling, um, you know, judged or, um, you know, belittled. And yeah. that, that type of thing is definitely not common amongst many, many teams out teams, there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Georgetown, throughout my five years of being here, um, we've had ebbs and flows with our team culture, and it's never going to be perfect, and it's something no, that you yeah, always no have team, to work. No team culture. Exactly. Will. Like we can, Unless you're Yeah, we, we, we both are big proponents of Georgetown, but we're not going to try and say that it's perfect. perfect. You yeah. know, nothing's perfect. No. Um, I think generally the team culture at Georgetown is pretty good. Um, there's been times where, you know, it hasn't been great, but I think we've always recovered. Yeah. Like that's know. the cool thing. We actually, and I, I mean, once again, I guess I only have a year and a half of experience, but we've gone through down periods and we've came together always. Like we've always found the problem and kind of addressed it as a group. Like we've had big team meetings to talk about things that are bothering us, get things off our chest. And stuff like that is just so important for, like, keeping teams together. Yeah, and it's all done kind of without the coach because, oh, yeah. you know, the coach, you need to. the coach is part of the team, but at the end of the day, his job is just to give you your workouts, talk to you about running and that. But your teammates are there for you as a person, and that's, like, one of the most awesome parts about being on a team, especially at a school as kind of hostile and um, – intimidating as Georgetown definitely um I mean you always have a safe place exactly yeah. exactly and that, that word is I hate that word I hate the word safe place yeah because people throw it around a lot but like on a team you have a like a place where you can say what's on your mind you can say any basically anything and just spitball things that are important to you or bothering you yeah and that's so important it's like you said yeah a place that's and 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 if you know it seems like you're not vibing with the team or whatever. And, or even if you are, you can always still go to your coach. I think, I think not enough yeah. people um, are confident enough when they're younger in college um, to talk to their coach about, you know, their issues and their problems. And, you know, maybe coaches at other schools are a little bit different than ours, but um, our coach always says, you know, come to me if the, if you have anything yeah. um, that you want to talk about. I don't think he's the most vocal about um, 
you know, inviting you in, tell me everything about your day, this and that. He's he's definitely business first, but um, Bonzi, um, that's our coach. He he would definitely sit down, talk to us about our problems if we needed to. Yeah. And I think other coaches, maybe there's some coaches out there listening. I think that it is so so important that your athletes are mentally there um, because you can't compete if you're not mentally there. So, yeah, I mean, that coach-athlete, like, relationship needs to be, like, so transparent, I think, for success. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I think if you are not in a position with your coach where you can tell them, you know, exactly how you're feeling, maybe that's, like, because you're feeling bad or you're feeling great or, like, even with workouts, like, corresponding with them on just how you're feeling in general is so important for you to even, like, get better. Yeah. And, like, yeah. If, if you're, once again, if you're a coach who, you know, might be listening, as an athlete, I've always excelled in environments um, where I can openly, like, I have an open channel to my coach, like, 24-7. Yeah. Um, and, and, and with transparency, I think it's huge that if you feel like there's something in your training um, or something going on that's that's sort of not what you think is the best thing for you, Running is such an individual sport. Every single person probably needs something a little bit different. Um, don't be afraid to maybe ask your coach if, if maybe not that you can do something different, but at least have a conversation with them and say, "Hey, yeah. I'm not necessarily vibing with this, or I'm not super happy with this." And coaches, for the most part, respect will, that exactly. Respect that exactly. wholeheartedly. And the ones that don't are probably a little, like, not egotistical. Probably probably more old school. Old school, yeah, old school, and maybe they, if it's worked once, you know, they don't want to change it because it's worked before. Yeah, and that's a whole other perspective. I respect that. I think we both do. But a lot of the younger coaches, and I think just coaches that kind of get it in some regard, are definitely willing to listen to their athletes because... You know, their athletes are everything to them, and they need to make sure that they are mentally and physically able to perform, able to perform on the highest level mm-hmm. when um, the stakes are the highest. So that's definitely something to, to, you know, keep in mind. Yeah. And once again, not telling anybody who's in high school, like, don't go out of your way to tell your coach he sucks because you don't do a lot of, like, speed runs or... You know, you see, like, what, like, Spencer's doing, and you're not doing that, and you want to change something up because, you know, does that make sense? You yeah, and, say? you know, just a lot of people come to me saying, hey, I see your workouts, they're great, um, I've got a problem, though, like, my coach doesn't want me to do that, um, and what what should I do? You know, what, what you can do, it's really just talk to your coach. Talk to your coach, have a conversation, be transparent with them. And if it's not going to work out from there, then that's a whole other issue. But I can almost guarantee you that if you have an honest conversation with your coach about something you feel passionate about in your running, um, you're definitely going to get something beneficial out of that conversation. Yeah, and they're going to respond well. They will. Well, 
that is it for today. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate each and every person that uh, comes in and you know hangs out. You're spending a portion of your time listening to our conversation and essentially uh, joining in, and that that's really meaningful to both me and Spencer. Make sure you go back and uh, check out Spencer's last video where he talks about you know the realities of uh, collegiate running. Um, it was kind of the basis for the beginning of this episode and it would um, you know, kind of give you more of an insight. I assume most people who are listening to this probably you know, have, um, unless you're someone that's come from my channels, like one of my friends. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you guys so much and uh, we'll see you next week.